Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. But our heart has to be right with Him. It has to be not the mere stir of emotion. The rush of feeling as we're corporately singing to God or as we hear a beautiful solo or the choir sings or the anthem resounds. It has to be out of a heart of love and adoration to God that we lift up our hands and we lift up our voices and we lift up our being to praise Him. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see Changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. What does it mean to worship God? Do we worship out of routine or with a sincere heart for honoring God? In today's message, Pastor Ed will teach us by looking at the life of Abel what it means to have a heart of worship. We learn through the life of Abel that we must come before the Lord according to what the Lord requires of us. We have to come with a heart that is right and with an attitude to give God our all through worship. Now, here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, The Faith of Abel. Building in Faith. I'd like you to open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Now, when I get to heaven... One of the things I'm going to ask the Lord is, Lord, I wish you would have given me a singing voice that I could sing like Ray Bolts (laughs) or like Pastor Craig or or some of our wonderful musicians because I love to sing and I love to listen to them sing. But if we don't have it, at least we could come and enjoy it, right? (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 4. Hebrews 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he's dead. Let me ask you a question. What motivates you? What gets you up in the morning? What drives you? Well, for some of you, I know, it's your boyfriend or girlfriend. Others might say it's success. Someone else might say, it's my family. That's what I live for. But you know, you were made to be driven by faith in God. That's the best thing to put in the tank of your soul. You were made to live a faith-based life. Someone has said, faith is invisible energy that produces visible results. Faith is invisible energy that produces visible results. One day, St. Francis asked one of the younger men 
who had just come into the order, to go with him into the town to preach. And this young novice was excited. Here's an opportunity to go with Francis and to preach in the city. So they went to the city and they walked into the market. St. Francis didn't say a word, just, just walked and greeted people. And they walked through some of the back alleys and down some winding streets. And they began to make their way back to their home. And the young man reminded him, don't you remember that we went down there to preach? And he said this to him. He said, we were preaching while we were walking. We've been seen by many. Our behavior has been closely watched. It was thus that we preached our morning sermon. It's of no use, my son, to walk anywhere to preach unless we preach everywhere we walk. Faith seeps out. Faith. You can't keep it boxed up. It just, as it were, oozes out of our lives. I want you to come to three places. Because there's a man by the name of Abel. And this man lived a life of faith. And you could see faith in where he went. We're going to first stop at a worship service and observe his faith expressed there. And then we're going to go to the marketplace. And you could see him expressing faith in the marketplace of life. And finally, we're going to go to his funeral service there at a graveyard. Though he's dead, yet he still speaks. See, faith can't be killed. Let's go to the first place, the house of worship. Faith produced in Abel's heart an acceptable worship to God. The scripture reads in Hebrews 11:4, by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith he still speaks even though he's dead. Now what Hebrews is doing is it's looking back to the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, to the fourth chapter. And they're taking us to a worship service. Cain's family, Abel's family, Adam and Eve, the various members of that beginning race are all there for a corporate worship service. Abel, the younger, Cain, the older, they come, they offer their sacrifice to God. But suddenly, the audience becomes silent. When Cain offers his worship, God doesn't accept it. But when Abel, the younger, offers his worship, some commentators believe, in fact many of them do, that God sent fire from heaven and it consumed the lamb that he offered to God. Right in front of everyone, God put his stamp of approval on Abel and he rejected Cain. Cain is upset, angry. Why was Abel's sacrifice more acceptable than 
Cain's. Why did God accept it? Well, I believe the text tells us in the story in Genesis 4, reveals it to us. It was that his was an act of obedience. Our actions of obedience. In Hebrews 11, 4, it says, By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith presupposes a revelation. See, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? So God spoke, God revealed how men were to approach him. Now, now picture the conversation. There's Cain, and there's Abel, and they're walking together, and they're preparing for this appointed sacrifice. For in the Hebrew text, it gives us the indication that there was a certain season that the whole family was going to gather together for a worship service. And so they're getting together and they're talking about it. You know, tomorrow's going to be the worship service. I, Cain, I've looked for the very best lamb I could find. And I found one. And I'm going to bring that to God. Uh, do you have yours ready? Well... I'm not going to bring a lamb. I'm bringing some fruit of the ground. It's the work of my hands, the sweat of my brow. I've worked hard. I think even harder than you. In fact, my offering will bring more at the marketplace than yours any old day. But my older brother, don't you remember? Our parents, they've taught us to bring a sacrifice of blood. For without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Come on, Abel, you're always a stickler. Listen, this should be good. I know what I'm doing. Well, the verse of Scripture reads in Genesis 4, verses 3 to 5, And the course of time came, brought some of the fruits of the soil, and offering to the Lord... But, now here's the contrast, verse 4, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. He considered this an affront, an insult. He considered this a slap in the face right in front of his children, right in front of his relatives, right in front of everyone. God rejected his offering. It reminds me of Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday when people have taken and adopted Cain's theology and used it in their worship service. See, they have come their own way rather than God's way. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God, seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. The only way to approach God is through the blood of Jesus Christ. The only way to worship God is God's prescribed way. You can't come clinging, as it were, to good works and say, oh, I've worked this week for you, God. Nor can you come clinging to, oh, God, I gave in the offering this week. You can't even come clinging to the 
value of your pastor and say, Oh, God, I've come to hear the preacher, and oh, I'm trusting it. Nor the institution. Because no church, no pastor, no works can save you. There's, the Bible says only one name under heaven and earth whereby we must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus. Simply to the cross I cling. Nothing in my hand I bring. Whenever we cling to anything, it comes between us and God. Whether it's ceremony or sacrament, whether it's works, whatever it may be, we have to live a faith-based life. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. There is a way that seems right to a man. Sunday after Sunday, week after week, people are coming and doing what's right in their mind. They're clinging to traditions. They're clinging to rituals. They're trusting in churches. They're trusting in powerful personalities. There's only one access that we have to God. It's through the person of Jesus Christ and him and him alone. Corey Ten Boone said, Faith is an activity. It's something that has to be applied. And here, Abel responded in faith to God's revelation of how he was to come. And the Bible tells us that we're to worship God in spirit and in truth. We must worship him according to what the scriptures teach. Now, behind the action, there's an attitude. Behind every gift, there's the giver. And God not only looked at what he did, but he looked at what Abel was. It was Westcott who said, better sacrifice refers to a deeper sense of gratitude in the heart of Abel. I believe there was a loving attitude that Abel had. In Hebrews 11.4, it says, By faith Abel offered a better sacrifice when God spoke well of his offering. It's not just doing the right thing, it's being the right person. It's not just the outward, but the inward, the condition of our heart. Someone who knew said that in Psalm 51, David told us, you would not be pleased with sacrifices, or I would bring them. If I brought you burnt offerings, you would not accept it. The sacrifices you want is a broken spirit, a broken and a repentant heart. Oh God, you will not despise. David was not saying don't bring sacrifices to the temple because he did. But what he was saying is the essential thing is the heart. We may come into this place of worship, lift up our hands and feel good. But our heart has to be right with them. It has to be not the mere stir of emotion, the rush of feeling as we're corporately singing to God or as we hear a beautiful solo or the choir sings or the anthem resounds. It has to be out of a heart of love and adoration to God that we lift up our hands and we lift up our voices and we lift up our being to praise him. It says in the scripture that Abel brought the fat portions, the very, very best. 
The interesting thing is that God stopped Cain in that worship service and he spoke to him. Have you ever been there? God stops the service, as it were, the preacher speaking, and all of a sudden your mind goes off in another direction. Don't do it too often, but it goes off in another direction. And in that, God grabs a hold of your heart, and he says something to you. That's what happened here for Cain. He says, why are you angry? Verse 6 of Genesis 4. Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. God was saying, something in there. Cain, watch this jealousy, this anger, this envy. Sometimes God stops everything and he points out our sins to us. And he says, your relationship with that person isn't right. You need to make it right. He may just stop you and say, in the midst of a service, that internet site that you've been visiting, those videos in the basement hid from your family, That relationship that you have, we need to have integrity. He said to Cain, that's like a wild beast ready to leap on you. Uh, we, we think we can control these things, but they grow too big for us, and then they control us. And so God was saying to this man, Cain, stop, put on the brakes. If you do what's right, huh, you'll be accepted. But if not, it'll leap on you and take over. Attitudes, thoughts, things that aren't right. Uh, when David was confronted with his hypocrisy, when he was confronted with his lie by Nathan the prophet, he didn't back off, he didn't put a wall of defense but immediately, he broke. And as we read, he said, oh God, a broken and a repentant heart you'll not despise. A.W. Tozer said, the Bible recognizes no faith that does not lead to obedience. Nor does it recognize any obedience that does not spring from faith. The two are the opposite sides of the same coin. What happens in a man's life or a woman's life is when they have faith, it changes how I worship my actions and the attitude that motivates my worship. Faith is not something out there in the abstract, some type of mist, some type of fog. It's a powerful energy that changes the way we live our lives. Our faith, we've looked at the worship service. We've seen how Abel brought what God expected and lived the way God expected. But let's go into the marketplace. Faith is in the invisible energy that 
produces the visible results. And right in the marketplace you could see faith. Faith produced authentic righteousness. In Hebrews 11.4 it says, By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain. By faith he was commended as a righteous man. Now it's one thing for us to say, I'm a pretty good guy. It's another thing for someone else to say, he's a good guy. Well, they have people say all sorts of things, but we realize they don't even know our hearts. God, when he says something, he knows. And for God to look at his life and say, Abel, you're righteous. For God to look at you, to look in the core of your heart, where you don't even know your own self. And for God to say, I'm approving you. You're a righteous man. That's a compliment. That's a, 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 such a blessing. I pray that in the midst of our worship services, you'll hear the divine voice say to you that he, what he said to us, you're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. When he looks at the track of your week and you've come in with your offering on Sunday, he looks down at you and says, well done. And may that voice grow and grow and grow until it becomes an audible voice when one day you stand before God and he says, well done. Enter now into your reward. Uh, faith is doing what is right, regardless of the consequences, knowing God will turn the ultimate effect to good. See, in this present world, you are not, you are not, you are not always rewarded for doing the right thing. In fact, you sometimes suffer for doing the right thing. He was right in God's eyes. He was right with God. Hebrews 11.4 he was right with God. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man. Uh, he approached God in God's appointed way. Now, God again and again told his people through the Old Testament, page through the minor prophets, God's concerned about how we live our lives. He's concerned about ethics. He's concerned about how we treat our neighbors. Employers, he's concerned how you treat your employees. Husbands, he's concerned how you treat your children and children your parents and wives your husbands and vice versa. See, God looks at our interactions with one another and he wants us to be righteous, right, doing the right thing at the right time in the right way. All of those things are important to God. Uh, we have forgotten that. The church at large has forgotten that. I'm amazed that after a worship service, when we sense the presence of God, we can go out and cheat on our taxes. Or we could lie right in the face of another brother and not tell the truth. Listen to what David said in Psalm 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart, who has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong, nor casts 
no slur on his fellow man. We ought to stop there and camp on that for a while. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the next several broadcasts, Pastor Edward Jones will explore the faith of Abel, Enoch, and Noah. We'll learn that faith is crucial in our lives as followers of Christ. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access an archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word reset.